Once again to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Back after a short Christmas break. I hope that everybody had a great Christmas. It's fun. It's exciting. It's a Tuesday. And I know a lot of the local sports talk shows in the area like to take their Christmas break. But I am back because we have a lot of sports to cover. How is everybody doing? You are listening to us on WQEE. 99.1 FM The Key out of Newton, Georgia, brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, The Man in the Mirror Podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. We have a jam-packed show for you today as I have no guest. I'm just going to talk about the latest and greatest sports. The last time I was here, I was getting ready to call the Muskogee County Christmas Basketball Tournament with Thrift Behringer. And that was a fun time, 13 hours of calling basketball games. And it ended with a buzzer beater as Northside beat Spencer to win the Muskogee County Christmas Classic. Congratulations to the Northside Patriots. Congratulations to the Carver Lady Tigers for winning the Muskogee County Christmas Classic as well. And it has just been nonstop. We've got Border Wars today and Wednesday as Glenwood, St. Apicelli, and Calvary Christian will all be in a tournament at Glenwood High School. Before I get into the show, first of all, I just want to just tell everybody out there, just be safe as we've had some very cold temperatures, especially here in Georgia. It dropped down into the teens. I know that the Columbus River Dragons made that trip up to Michigan to take on the Port Huron Prowlers, hoping they can get back safely. They should be back already. They take on the Mississippi Sea Wolves down in Biloxi. Hopefully the weather will be nice down there. And then they're back in action at the Columbus Civic Center on December the 31st against the Mississippi Sea Wolves. But they've been amazing so far. A two-game sweep over the weekend over the Port Huron Prowlers, and they are now 18-2-1 with 53 points in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. They are rolling, and Boom Boom Bouchard has his best team that he has ever coached. So good luck to the Columbus River Dragons as they will take on the Mississippi Seawolves. We had National Signing Day on Wednesday. I wasn't able to recap that show on the last show that I did, but Alabama has the number one recruiting class, followed by Georgia and Miami. Surprisingly, Mario Cristobal with a very good recruiting class. Alabama got the number one safety in all of the land, a five-star safety out of Georgia that went to Mill Creek High School, won a state championship with Mill Creek. The Alabama Crimson Tide headlined by Caleb Downs, And he is going to be a hard-hitting safety that is going to improve this defense for the Alabama Crimson Tide as they get ready to take on Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. We have a lot of action when it comes to bowl games. This is the week of the college football playoff semifinals between TCU and Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. And Georgia taking on Ohio State in the Peach Bowl. Can Georgia win their second straight national championship. 
And as a Georgia fan, I am excited. I'm also a little nervous because Ohio State has been one of the top college football teams in the past 20 years, and they have a lot of great players. C.J. Stroud, a Heisman finalist. And the matchup I really want to see is Marvin Harrison Jr. going up against Keeley Ringo. But Georgia's got players as well. Lost 15 players to the NFL last year on defense. But the offense has improved. They've got a great coaching staff. And I just can't get over the fact that Ohio State got blown out by their arch rival in their own stadium. And they get into the college football playoff. They are a very talented team. They've been highly ranked all season. So this is a matchup. It's a dream matchup. I mean, these are two historic teams that have only met once in the early 90s. All right, so we are going to have a very busy week of bowl games. And I am going to break down every single bowl game this week leading up to the college football playoff. Starting today at noon, Georgia Southern, who has already made the trip to Montgomery, they make that long drive, and Columbus is usually their halfway point. They're taking on the Buffalo Bulls in the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Both teams 6-6. Six and six. I'm not going to say Georgia Southern had a disappointing season, but they did have an incredible win over Appalachian State, 51-48, to get them bowl eligible. But they started out very fast, beating Nebraska in week two of the season in one of the biggest upsets. But they've had some struggles. They lost to Georgia State. But they did beat a ranked James Madison team. And first-year head coach Clay Helton has an opportunity to get them to a winning season. So Georgia Southern playing in the Camellia Bowl at noon. At 3.15 in the Surf Pro First Responder Bowl, it's Memphis, who's 6-6, six and six, taking on 6-6 six and six Utah State. You got Coastal Carolina taking on East Carolina at 645 in the Birmingham Bowl. And then finally, we get two Power 5 conference teams in the guaranteed rate bowl wisconsin a very disappointing season taken on oklahoma state also a very disappointing season remember oklahoma state was one play away from getting into the college football playoff unbelievable and so we have a unbelievable slate of games that are happening today now tomorrow things kick off at 2 p.m Central Florida and that Gus Malzahn high-powered offense taking on the Duke Blue Devils, which have improved at 8-4. and four. And then you have Kansas back in a bowl for the first time since 2009, the Mark Mangino years when they went to the Orange Bowl, taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks. The Razorbacks 6-6, six and six, Sam Pittman, they were a top-10 team. K.J. Jefferson, great quarterback, disappointing season. So Kansas taking on Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. And then Oregon taking on North Carolina. This is actually the first bowl game that I actually really want to sit down and watch. Because you have Bo Nix, who's coming back for the 2023 season, taking on Drake Maine and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Two talented quarterbacks. And then that's going to be in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. And then the Texas Bowl. you got Texas Tech taking on Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, which... Surprisingly, Lane Kiffin did not have a great recruiting class. Maybe all that talk about him going to Auburn 
was a distraction. Thursday, December 29th, you got the Syracuse Orangemen taking on the Minnesota Golden Gophers in the Pinstripe Bowl. I always love that bowl game because it's in Yankee Stadium. Oklahoma, Brent Venables, a very disappointing season for the Oklahoma Sooners. 6-6, six and six, taking on a rising team led by Mike Norvell as Jordan Travis is going to look like the quarterback that's going to lead the Seminoles in 2023. 13th ranked Florida State Seminoles, 9-3 on the season. Then the Alamo Bowl, you got the Texas Longhorns, which at times look like the best team in college football, but they have been inconsistent. They take on the Washington Huskies, who are 10-2 in the Alamo Bowl, which that's always a very intriguing bowl game is to watch the Alamo Bowl. On Friday, you got Maryland taking on NC State in the Duke Mayo Bowl. Then the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, you got Pitt taking on UCLA. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks. And nobody wants to play South Carolina right now. Just the way that they finished their season, beating Tennessee and beating Clemson. Then you have Ohio and Wyoming in the Arizona Bowl. And then the first of the New Year's Six Bowl games, Tennessee taking on Clemson. So I will have a show four days a week. And on Friday, I'm going to preview the college football playoff. So it should be a lot of fun. We did have some NFL games that happened over the weekend. The playoff picture has gotten a little bit more clear. Well, the Los Angeles Chargers, they did it. Last night, they did defeat the Indianapolis Colts 20-3. to the Los Angeles Chargers are now in the playoffs for the first time since 2018. And get ready, because we could have the top five quarterbacks in the AFC all in the playoffs. And right now, it's clear that the AFC has the best quarterbacks in football. When you think of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, you think of Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence. They could all be in the playoffs. And if you want to throw in Lamar Jackson, you can. But in the NFC, you got Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, who's hurt right now. And we don't know when he's going to come back. Dak Prescott. And I'm still a believer that with the talented team, Brock Purdy can lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl. No, this is not a hot sports take. Their path is clear, especially since the Philadelphia Eagles have not even wrapped up the number one seed yet. But that was such an amazing weekend of football games. I'm going to start with that Eagles-Cowboys game because it was exciting. And Garner Minshew came in in relief. He did a very good job for the Philadelphia Eagles. But the Cowboys were able to come back and get the win. They got a turnover late. Garner Minshew had a chance with those weapons, with Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Garner Minshew was slinging it all over the field, but he did have a chance to win the game toward the end, but the Dallas defense stepped up. I mean, this Dallas defense, I mean, it gave up 34 points. Still one of the best defenses in all of football, but the playoff path is a little bit more clear. Basically, looking at the teams, and here's the playoff picture. So right now, the Philadelphia Eagles would have the number one seed. There is a chance they could lose to the Saints and lose to the Giants, 
the 49ers can win out and the 49ers would get the number one seed. It is a small chance because even with Garner Minshew, I think that the Eagles should beat the Saints. And it's not a foregone conclusion that the Vikings can't just continue to win. They're 11-0 and in one possession games. And they just continue to win with a 12-3 and record. Right now, they hold on to the number two seed. But any loss, and if the 49ers win out, the 49ers will get at least the number two seed. Vikings still have to play the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. And the Packers are still alive for the playoffs after beating the Dolphins on Christmas Day. The 49ers currently have the number three seed. And Brock Purdy, first rookie quarterback to start 3-0. He's got a passer rating of over 110 touchdowns, two interceptions. And I look back at that Washington Commanders game I think the Commanders are the best defense that Purdy has faced so far. In that first half, the 49ers could not run the ball. And things were a little tight. That interception was really not his fault. It was 7-7 at the half. But then, the Washington Commanders committed to stop in the run. And Brock Purdy started opening up the playbook and getting George Kittle involved. And the 49ers were able to beat the Commanders 37-20. So right now, if you look at the playoff scenario in the NFC, the Eagles would be the number one seed. They would get the bye. The Vikings would be the number two seed. The 49ers would be the number three seed. Tampa Bay, after beating the Cardinals in overtime, they're the number four seed by default. But they could have a situation. They play the Panthers next week, and the Panthers own the tiebreaker. The Panthers look like a different team ever since they traded away Christian McCaffrey and they named Sam Darnold the starting quarterback. And I think Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach, is going to get this job full-time. I believe the Panthers are actually going to win this division and host a playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. And the 49ers will take on the New York Giants, because right now they are the number 6 seed. They take on the Indianapolis Colts next week. I think the Giants are locked up into that 6 seed. And now you have... Six teams fighting for one playoff spot. The Washington Commanders currently hold the playoff spot with a 7-7-1 record. But right behind them, the Seattle Seahawks at 7-8. Detroit and Green Bay also at 7-8. Carolina and New Orleans have an opportunity to win the division. And the Atlanta Falcons were eliminated on Saturday with their loss to Baltimore. So who gets that final playoff spot in the NFC? Well, I'm going to take a look at the schedule because right now the Washington Commanders, they are taking on the Cleveland Browns, who've already been eliminated. The Commanders actually play very well with Taylor Heineke. I thought they played well against the 49ers. They should win that game against Cleveland, and then they'll probably lose to the Dallas Cowboys. But the Cowboys could have already wrapped up the number five seed. Washington wins out. They are in the playoffs. Right behind them, the Seattle Seahawks, who have the tiebreaker with the Lions and the Packers. They take on the New York Jets on New Year's Day. The Jets will have Mike White back, but they're going into Seattle in a hostile environment. And then Seattle will take on the Rams. The Rams have an opportunity to play spoiler because Baker Mayfield looked incredible 
And I think he is going to be a starting quarterback in this league next year. Incredible Christmas Day against the Denver Broncos, which, by the way, they fired their head coach. I mean, he was the shortest tenured head coach this season. Nathaniel Hackett didn't even last a season. Only him and Urban Meyer were the only coaches in NFL history that have gotten fired in the regular season in their first year without finishing the entire season. And this whole Russell Wilson experiment with the Denver Broncos have been an absolute disaster. Seattle does have a shot to make it into the playoffs, but they need some help. Next up is the Detroit Lions, who they were the hottest team coming in. Nobody wanted to face them, and they fell to another hot team on Sunday, the Carolina Panthers. Detroit's path is pretty clear. They take on the Chicago Bears at home. They should win that game, even though Justin Fields has improved as a quarterback. And then they will travel to Lambeau. That could be a winner-take-all scenario, depending on what the Washington Commanders do against Cleveland and Dallas. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Green Bay Packers have positioned themselves to win out and possibly sneak into the playoffs, but they're going to need help. They're going to need the Giants to either lose all their games or they're going to need the Washington Commanders to lose at least one of their games. So if the Commanders finish 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, Green Bay can get into this playoffs with a 9-8 and eight record. Even though the Commanders beat the Green Bay Packers, that tie really hurts them. And so let's say Green Bay gets in, their first-round opponent, would be the Minnesota Vikings. You don't think the Vikings, after being 11-0 in all these one-possession games, Kirk Cousins in the playoffs against Aaron Rodgers? I'd actually call the upset right there. And then who knows what happens when Aaron Rodgers has to face an unproven Jalen Hurts coming off an injury with the Eagles as the number one seed. He's beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly before, when they ran the table as a number six seed back in 2010. You look at all the quarterbacks in the NFC. If Aaron Rodgers gets into this thing, it's him and Dak Prescott, who's been the most proven quarterbacks. Everybody else, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, they haven't had success in the postseason. Over in the AFC, it is going to be a lot of fun to see Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow duel it out to see who can get to the AFC Championship. It's incredible. Right now, the Buffalo Bills would be the number one seed, but they got to play the Cincinnati Bengals next week on Monday night. That is going to be an incredible game. Then you have the Kansas City Chiefs that have the easiest path to the number one seed. Taking on the Denver Broncos, they're going to have an interim head coach with Russell Wilson, a disaster of a team, and then they take on the Las Vegas Raiders. They can easily win both of those games, get the number one seed, and get a first-round bye in the playoffs just by the simple fact that I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to beat the Buffalo Bills. But the Cincinnati Bengals have an opportunity to get the number one seed if they win out and if the Chiefs lose one of those games. More than likely, they could lose that game to the Las Vegas Raiders, who could be fighting for their playoff lives. 
But the only path that the Buffalo Bills have to a number one seed, they've got to beat the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night and then beat the New England Patriots. But this is what I think is going to happen. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to end up getting the number one seed. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to get the number two seed because I think they're going to beat the Buffalo Bills. They would have the tiebreaker with Buffalo. So it would be the Buffalo Bills at the number three seed. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get the number four seed. They take on the Houston Texans next week, and then they take on the Tennessee Titans, who don't have a quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is out for the season, and Malik Willis does not look ready to take the offense. The Jacksonville Jaguars will win out, and they will host a playoff game, and that's a winnable playoff game for Trevor Lawrence. That first round game against the Baltimore Ravens, I believe that Trevor Lawrence can win a home playoff game, and it would just make for an exciting matchup. The number six seed would be the Los Angeles Chargers after clinching yesterday. And then you have one playoff spot that is still up for grabs. Right now, the Miami Dolphins would have it at eight and seven, but right behind them, the New England Patriots at seven and eight, and the New York Jets at seven and eight. So, what does the Miami Dolphins need to do to get into that playoff? Well, they play the Patriots next week, it's in New England. Patriots win that game, it gets really crazy. And then the Dolphins host the Jets on the final game of the season. It's pretty simple. If the Dolphins win both those games, they're in the playoffs. But the Dolphins have lost four straight. They are 0-4 in the month of December. And they have been struggling. And Tua Tunkavailova has gone into concussion protocol. I just don't see them beating the Patriots in New England. And even if Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback, and I see them losing to the Jets. So the team that could possibly get that final playoff spot is the team that doesn't run an efficient offense. They got a defensive coordinator calling the offensive plays, and that is the New England Patriots. I don't understand what Bill Belichick is doing. Maybe it's arrogance. Maybe after having won six Super Bowls that he can tweak some things and experiment and test some things out. But I think that the New England Patriots could backdoor their way into the playoffs just because of the way the Dolphins and the Jets are playing. But if you look at the New York Jets, they get Mike White back. If they beat Seattle and if they beat the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets should get into the playoffs so I think that's what's going to happen because the New England Patriots are going to go 8-9 and nine because they'll lose to the Bills on the final game of the season and the Jets will beat the Seahawks and the Dolphins to get that final playoff spot and they would have the privilege of playing the Cincinnati Bengals in the first round. And so this would be some intriguing playoff matchups. The Los Angeles Chargers going up against the Buffalo Bills. You would have Justin Herbert going up against Josh Allen. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a very intriguing first-round playoff matchup. And then you would have the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We could have a quarterfinal matchup between Jacksonville and Kansas City and Cincinnati and Buffalo. And you would have four amazing quarterbacks left in the AFC. It's time to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. 
They were eliminated from the playoffs on Saturday to the Baltimore Ravens in frigid temperatures, and it was against their backup quarterback, and the Ravens did a great job defensively. Again, a one-score game, and the Falcons were in it. I thought that Desmond Ritter improved as a quarterback. The Falcons just need to keep that identity of running the football with Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson because their offensive line is pretty good. Can Desmond Ritter eventually make plays? Absolutely. But they have got to work on the little things. Hats off to the Baltimore Ravens defense that kept them out of the end zone. They had four trips to the red zone and only scored nine points. In the Atlanta Falcons right now, regardless what happens the remaining two games of the season, they take on Arizona, who's down to their third-string quarterback, and then they take on Tom Brady. Can they finally beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers for the first time ever? The Falcons have never beaten Tom Brady. And the Falcons could get to 7-10, and 10, which was the same record they had last year. Is this a success if you are a Falcons fan? This is a win-now league. The NFL stands for not for long. I think head coach Arthur Smith is on the hot seat. They've got to win next year. No more experimenting. No more we're rebuilding. They had their opportunity. It is a win-now league. I don't think he's going to get fired, but he is definitely on the hot seat next year. If the Falcons don't make the playoffs next year, I believe they are going to go to a different voice because Arthur Smith was brought in He was an offensive guy. They had nothing but defensive head coaches. Dan Quinn, Mike Smith, Arthur Smith came on board to give this Falcons team an identity on offense. And nobody is stepping up on the wide receiver core besides Drake London. Now, I know that Kyle Pitts is out with the injury. But the Atlanta Falcons, they need to stop getting snake-bitten Every time they play in these one-possession games, and it's just getting frustrated as a Falcons fan. you got to be frustrated with the way the Falcons play. We are a couple of weeks away from Black Monday, and Black Monday, which is not something I'd like to celebrate. I don't like to see NFL head coaches lose their jobs, but it just was not working with Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett was fired after a 4-11 season. There was a lot of expectations this year, especially with them trading all those draft picks to get Russell Wilson. It has been the worst experiment that an NFL team has ever faced. This once proud franchise, who have not made the playoffs since 2016, their Super Bowl year with Peyton Manning, is now in a disarray and dysfunction after seeing that embarrassment on Christmas Day. And I admit, I was actually watching the Nick Miss game because it was fun. It was on Nickelodeon. But the Los Angeles Rams took it to the Denver Broncos, beating them 51-14. to You saw chaos on the sidelines. Russell Wilson, I don't know what happened to him after having just an incredible Hall of Fame career with the Seattle Seahawks. Can't even make simple throws. And it is just mind-boggling to see 
what he has become in Denver. Now, they can't get out of his contract, but who do they get to replace Nathaniel Hackett to turn this franchise around? There were talks about Sean Payton. I mean, that's great and everything, but Sean Payton says he's going to bring on Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. Well, Vic Fangio was the head coach for the Broncos last season. So I don't think they're going to get Sean Payton. And there are talks that D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, could merge as a candidate. But some of the other coaches that I think are going to be on the hot seat that could be fired on Black Monday, Cliff Kingsbury for Arizona, even though there's talks that he is going to resign at the end of the season, and Tennessee Titans' Mike Vrabel. Now, in his second year, he led the Titans to the AFC Championship game. But the way the Titans have free-falled this year, they've already fired their GM. I would not be shocked if Mike Vrabel gets fired, especially if the Titans miss out on the playoffs. This team was 7-3. and three. They could finish the year 7-10. and 10. Yeah, I think Mike Vrabel would go after that. And I think first-year head coaches Dennis Allen with the New Orleans Saints and Lovey Smith with the Houston Texans, I'm not sure if they're going to be retained after the seasons they've had. Remember, this is a very unforgiving league, and the NFL does stand for not for long. Well, I hope that everybody had a great Christmas. I know I did. I had fun watching all the sporting events, and you know the NBA just picked up where they left off. Had some incredible Christmas games. You know, the Golden State Warriors, I don't know what it is about a primetime game. No Steph, no problem. Jordan Poole just picks up the workload. And they beat the Memphis Grizzlies 123-109 to 109 on Christmas Day. Anytime they play in front of their fans at the Chase Center, in front of a primetime audience, the Warriors just pick it up in a, in a gear. You have the Celtics beating the Bucks in a preview of what looks like the Eastern Conference Finals. The Denver Nuggets, right now, the best team in the West, Nikolai Jokic, I think he's going to be the, another MVP season. 41 points. Just incredible. I look at the NBA right now. There's a lot of teams, especially in the Western Conference, that look like, could they make it to the NBA Finals? I mean, we have not seen these teams reach the NBA Finals. The first four teams... The Denver Nuggets, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Los Angeles Clippers, they have all not reached the NBA Finals. They don't have a history of making deep runs in the playoffs, followed by the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, a number five seed, right now they are the only team with experience that has reached the NBA Finals when they reached the Finals in 2021. The Sacramento Kings are the number six seed right now. They have not made the playoffs since 2006. Dallas, they would be the first team out in the play-in game taking on Portland. And then the other play-in game would be the Utah Jazz taking on the Golden State Warriors. I'm sorry, Lakers fans, but if they can't turn this around, the Los Angeles Lakers could miss out on the playoffs. Even if Anthony Davis comes back, it might be too little too late. The Lakers are 13-20 and 20 right now. And LeBron is still averaging more than 35 points a game. And he turns 38 in a couple of days. So that's something to think about. Over in the Eastern Conference, I mean, the Boston Celtics, they've just been incredible. Beating the Milwaukee Bucks. The Brooklyn Nets are starting 
to make a push. Nine straight wins in a row. They beat Cleveland last night in Cleveland. That was a statement win. The Brooklyn Nets right now have the number three seed. That's who the Atlanta Hawks play next. So good luck with that one. Right now, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the number four seed, the Philadelphia 76ers, starting to look pretty good. They have won eight straight after beating the Knicks on Christmas Day. The New York Knicks have lost three straight. Right now, they would be the number six seed. The Knicks, they're led by Julius Randle. I think that was a very good pickup, getting Jalen Brunson. The New York Knicks, their playoff woes could come into fruition when we get into the playoffs. Seems like they took a year off last year. But right now, the Atlanta Hawks, this team, 17-16, and I feel like they have overachieved John Collins is having a down year. Say what you want. I mean, about the injuries, every team has injuries. The Atlanta Hawks are taking on the Indiana Pacers tonight, which right now the Pacers are the number eight seed. If there's any team in the Eastern Conference that's been a surprise, it's been the Indiana Pacers with the play of Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin. And then the Miami Heat, also a team that was the number one seed last year. A disappointing 17-17, and 17, but you know the Heat are going to turn it on. If they get Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo, what if Victor Oladipo is back to his old self and Miami starts turning it on? And then the final spot for the playing game, the Toronto Raptors with a 15-18 and 18 record. A lot of good teams that have had disappointing seasons. The Chicago Bulls and the Washington Wizards. I know that the average sports fan, once football season is over, we start paying attention to the NBA. So get ready. College basketball, the Georgia Bulldogs have an opportunity this Wednesday night to get their 10th win of the season. Remember, this team only won six games last year. The Georgia Bulldogs taking on Ryder. That game will be on ESPN+. Hey, we have a top 25 matchup in the SEC on Wednesday on the SEC Network. The Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. We've had a brand new rankings in college basketball. I know we've had some Christmas tournaments going on. But right now, the Purdue Boilermakers still undefeated, still ranked number one. The UConn Huskies, 13-0. And when you think of UConn basketball, do you think of a blue blood program? I absolutely do, especially for the girls basketball team. But UConn. Winners of four national championships. I remember them all. 1999, Khalid El-Amin. 2004, the heartbreak over Georgia Tech with Ahmed Okafor and Ben Gordon. Then 2011, Shabazz Napier. 2014, the Yukon Huskies are looking great so far. Houston Cougars at number three. The Kansas Jayhawks, the defending NCAA champions at number four, the Arizona Wildcats. After beating Tennessee, they jump up to number five. Tennessee, Texas, Alabama, all fighting here in the top ten. Arkansas, with the SEC, has got a lot of top-heavy teams. Gonzaga, the first team with three losses in the top ten. That's a lot of respect to the Gonzaga Bulldogs. You know that they're going to run by their schedule in the WCC. Why reward a team just because of their name brand. 
Gonzaga has to play a tough schedule anyway to try to get a top seed in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they've been a powerhouse for the past 20 years. What Mark Few has done has just been incredible. I talk about Gonzaga all the time. Drew Timmy, one of the best college basketball players. But new to the top 25 is the New Mexico Lobos, who are 12-0. and They are currently ranked 22nd. Wow, this show has really flown by. But before I close, I've got a lot of things that have been going through my mind. As you know, the last time I did this show was on Wednesday. I took Thursday and Friday off and Monday just to enjoy just the Christmas break, spending time with the family. Had some replay shows done on the radio station. And so I really couldn't do a show Thursday morning after calling basketball games for 13 hours. As much as I wanted to talk about the tournament, which it was absolutely incredible, just the way it ended with Northside beating the defending state champions at the buzzer. It was incredible. And, you know, Thrift and I just calling those games at Columbus State, it just meant a lot to those kids. And and even in the seventh place games, I mean, much love to Jordan and uh, Kendrick. Just they had such a fun time. And, and I had a blast calling these games and really representing all the high schools in the city of Columbus. And we have another tournament going on right now. We've got the Border Wars. We've got Valley over in the LaGrange tournament. I mean, this is just the time to appreciate these high school tournaments during the Christmas break when the kids are out of school. And then we get ready for region play starting in the new year. But on Thursday, so the news broke late Thursday night that the Columbus Lions membership in the National Arena League discontinued. My first reaction was that the Lions were finished as a franchise because what league would they join? The National Arena League has great teams like the Albany Empire, the Jacksonville Sharks, just a lot of tradition and history, and the Lions were the founding members of the NAL. And I got to admit, I was heartbroken. I seriously thought that the Columbus Lions were finished. Well, it did not take very long. A day later, they announced that they are going to join the American Indoor Football Alliance. And so I had to do some research about the American Indoor Football Alliance. It is a minor professional league that was founded in 2021. They have seven teams, including the Carolina Predators, the Capital City Cyclones out of Tallahassee, Florida, the Mississippi Raiders out of Jackson, Mississippi, the South Florida Thunder, but they also have the Texas Pride and the Las Vegas Kings. So it got me wondering. Hopefully this is not a financial issue because you have other teams that were trying to join the league, but they folded. And I don't want to see a situation where the Columbus Lions just decide to fold on the season. There's just too much tradition and history There's a big fan base here in the Fountain City. And once again, I know the Columbus Lions will thrive. And I feel if this is a league where the competition is a little bit less than the NAL, that the Columbus Lions should be able to compete and thrive very well. The most recent champion was the Mississippi Raiders. And so I'm starting to see that that could be their new rival 
We don't have a schedule out just yet, but I know that a schedule is coming. Well, congratulations to Northside running back and point guard Malachi Hosley for committing to Penn University out of the FCS, the Ivy League. Malachi Hosley was one of the top running backs in the Fountain City. I had an opportunity to watch him live as I called one of his games. And I also saw him on the gridiron, and he did pretty good for the Northside Patriots as well. He was their second leading scorer in that game against the Spencer Green Wave. So good luck to Malachi Hosley as he will take his talents up north to play for the Quakers. Well, this Thursday night at the Columbus Civic Center, the Columbus Rapids are back in action for a friendly as the women's team will be on the pitch at 5.30, taking on an all-star team from the Concord Fire South club team that's based out of here in Columbus. We should see some familiar faces on that team as well. And then the men's team will also be on the pitch right after the women's team taking on Lameo, an all-star team that's based out of Atlanta. But you can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Come on down to the Columbus Civic Center and watch indoor soccer once again in year two. Their first home opener in the NISL will not be until February 1st. So we do have plenty of time to talk Columbus Rapids soccer on this show. Well, I got to say, any broadcasting opportunity that I get, I'm very blessed and privileged that people reach out to me. So one of the owners of the Columbus Georgia Vipers the basketball team that plays in the professional basketball association reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in being the public address announcer. And I mean, as intrigued as I am, I mean, I got a busy schedule. I mean, I've got some work conflicts. I'm actually very interested. I have never been to a Georgia Vipers game. I've had Cortez Cheney on the show a couple of times looking forward to calling his name, but yeah, I could fill in, Whenever I'm needed, their next home game is going to be January the 7th at the KBW Gymnasium as they will take on the Dothan Snipers, who's also part of that ownership group. But their next home game after that is not until February 19th when they take on the Mambas. So the Georgia Vipers, who went all the way to the championship game last year in the summer league, they've got a fall schedule lined up in the Professional Basketball Association. I was able to get an opportunity to see them at their All-Star Weekend as they played at Shaw High School, but they were able to get the victory over the River Region Generals 119-113, to and they are currently 5-1 and on the season. Cortez Cheney led all scores with 29 points, followed by Jalen Robinson with 26 Cornelius Thomas with 23, and Daryl White with 20, putting up 119 points in Montgomery, Alabama. I can't wait to get out to the KBW Gymnasium and call a few Georgia Vipers games. That should be a lot of fun. And it's one of those things that you can just continue to add to your resume. I mean, I've done Columbus State soccer. I've done high school basketball. And now I could say that, you know, I've done the George Vipers. And I talk about them all the time on this podcast. So 
should be a lot of fun. Well, that's it. That is my show. That is all the time I have here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge as I try to cut down this show as we are going through the holiday break. I plan on having three shows this week and three shows next week uh, because after the new year, I know that we get into previewing the national championship game, but I also have uh, some work issues that I got to take care of. So I plan on condensing this show and then we'll try to rev things back up after the new year and uh, try to get some high school coaches on as well. But thank you once again for listening to another episode of the sports beat with Richard Holder. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Bye everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.